And welcome back to the eighth episode of the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling. I'm going to be the host. Today is April 19th. It's a Monday. Today we've got J3 Sports CEO Justin Johnson on the show. A pretty pretty lengthy episode today. Uh, we talk a little bit about his previous company, as in J3 Entertainment, that he ran in Los Angeles, California. Um, his current company now, J3 Sports, he just opened that up. Got a lot of big plans for that. We talk a little bit about the name, image, and likeness rights that are coming to NCAA. Um, a little bit about what motivates Justin. Um, a little bit about how America is the land of opportunity, giving everyone a great opportunity to run their businesses and how great capitalism is. Uh, and then we'll get right into it right after a word from our sponsor. All right, Justin Johnson, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I feel great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So uh, let's get into a little bit of who you are. Uh, let's introduce yourself to the viewers. That way they know who you are and what you're going to talk about. Um, I would say my, my name is Justin Johnson. Um, I used to be the fun guy. Everybody used to kind of know me as the party guy, the guy that uh, helped me get him to the club and stuff like that. Um, now I'm a little more concentrated and closed off. I'm concentrated on my passion. Um, right now I'm attending the Bellevue University, which is a small university in Nebraska. I'm majoring in sports management. Um, I'm a senior. I've, I've loved sports since the beginning of time. I was a young kid and I, I started playing sports when I was about five years old. Um, I would say I have great character and um, I can really relate to these college kids. That's why I've always um, wanted to be in sports. I've always wanted to work with kids, um, college kids. I say kids, but like I said, I'm, I'm only 22, year, 22 years old myself. Um, I just feel like I'm a little more mature than a lot of some of these kids out there. I'm a, I'm a huge family guy, and I feel like I treat all my friends and friends like family. Um, I come from a great village. of um, I have a brother, a uh, younger brother, who's a senior right now at, um, at Culver Stockton College, and I have an older sister who actually just got her master's from Pepperdine is, um, is about to uh, embark on her journey to USC and kind of get her doctorates there. So um, I come from a great village, and I feel like it takes a – takes a bills to do what I'm doing. Um, and I feel like I'm the guy for that. All right. So just to clarify, you want to be a sports agent, right? You didn't say that. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I 100% okay, want okay. to be a sports agent. I'm, I'm in the process right now of building my own sports marketing company. Um, we want to transition into a full sports uh, agency at one point. Yeah. I mean, I knew that personally from the last time we talked. I just wanted to clarify that for the listeners. But, oh, 100%. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to start a little bit talking about your – old company called j3 entertainment so you started that um a few years ago let's hear about what that was and what are the types of things you did with that yes j3 entertainment was the llc name um we actually did business as hollywood's very own um it was a hospitality marketing company we worked with some of the top brands in los angeles from h wood to sb sb really being the company that um was i was able to work with and i was able to um do some great things with. Um, we curated events for colleges all throughout the West Clo- uh, all throughout the West Coast. Um, I built a lot of relationships. I learned a lot of business skills, a lot of problem solving skills. Um, I learned to deal with different events under pressure, um, having different uh, times uh, times that we had to kind of meet deadlines we had to meet. And um, I worked with a lot of VIP clients, and a lot of those clients were athletes. So I feel like. Um, that was a stepping stone onto my path of where I'm trying to get to. And I feel like working with athletes at that level is helping me to be able to build more relationships and work with them 
um, on a more formal level. Okay. And when you say events, like, what do you mean by that? What were some of the events you guys put on? Um, so we would have uh, basically college parties. We kind of rent out these, um, these different clubs and venues to be able to put on events for college kids. Um, it would be a, a lot of game day events. So we'd basically, let's say there was a game day on Friday, USC would be playing, let's say Arizona. Um, we actually went out to Arizona. We ran out one of their um, clubs for the night and we kind of threw a, um, uh, a party that's kind of like a frat party, but it's basically frats come in by different tables and they kind of come in and able to have a different area to party. That's not the frat house. And so I feel like a lot of people like that because it kind of felt like where they were the cool kids and they were going out buying tables and they were able to um, kind of put on for their school if that made sense. And we kind of make it into like a, a versus where who partied better, who partied harder, was it USC, was it Arizona? And me not even being uh, affiliated with USC, um, it kind of helped me build relationships with them and um, their students and their athletes. Yeah. So was it frats that reached out to you or how did that process start from beginning to end? From so the we time would actually the parties and by the time. So we would actually work with the events to obviously, I mean, work with the venues to obviously um, get those venues on those nights. But then we would actually work with the frats and the presence of these frats to be able to um, facilitate getting the students that we need to get and the buying of the table and stuff like that. So it kind of it was a it was kind of a big um, spider web of different connections and networking that went along to do these events. Okay, so was it mostly through USC school? I mean, the USC was it mostly through that? A lot of the a lot of the parties and events we did were with USC. It would be USC and another school, just because um, I am from Los Angeles, California. I don't know if I said that, but um, so that was one of the big schools that we worked with on a um, part on a party basis on every party basis. Okay. And then you're saying these VIPs would come in. So would these be like the college athletes at USC or the other schools, or what were the VIPs like? Um, so we would have like it wasn't just VIPs from um, from colleges. It would be VIPs, athletes, stuff like that. I don't want to kind of get into too much of there just because I don't want to share too much of their personal yeah. business. But um, it would be VIP college athletes and uh, um, NFL, NBA athletes. Okay, so they'd be coming to these college like frat type parties, well, the frat parties, or were these the certain different parties that? They were, they were, yes, we did use, um, frats was a huge basis of it, but a lot of these guys that we worked with were, had just graduated college or maybe came out within their second or third year. So they all were, obviously were very young and were used to that kind of frat style party. But when we got to the club, it wasn't anything like uh, a typical frat party because we were at some of the well, nicest yeah, clubs. Yeah, but it was like these... the frat, the frat aged guys. Yes, yes, yes. So it'd be guys that were okay. 21, 22. Um, and then we'd have athletes that were obviously same age. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to clarify on that, but let's get into the big topic. So J3 sports, the uh, company you just started, let's get into that, your passion. So let's hear. Yes. That. Yes. So J3 sports is a marketing company. Um, we have hopes, like I said, of being not even hopes, we will be a full service marketing and management company within a few years. Um, excuse me. Like I said, my passion is to help educate my generation and college athletes heading to NFL um, and learn about, brand awareness and how to monetize your platform outside of football. Um, that's my biggest goal is to kind of be able to, I feel like there's a lot of guys out there, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, those guys that kind of put a certain image of life out for all of us young guys to see and young guys and girls to see. And it's like, 
it's that's not the only way to make money and to get to where you want to get to. You can follow your passion and build something out of just your daily habits and um, and your passion and basically make something bigger to kind of put more education back to the our youth, if that makes sense. So we're trying I'm trying to basically yeah. show by myself having one type of path going to another type of path, showing that yes, this was a path that maybe was a lot more partying, a lot more fun, but this is another path that you can also go with. You can you can kind of parlay that into this if you're doing everything correctly. Okay. So right now you're just marketing. So like brand building, uh, yes, right, endorsement, right. stuff like that. Yes. In the beginning, we're going to be, uh, we're going to do strictly marketing and we're going to basically leverage our relationships that I have with different agencies, athletes first, endurance management, um, WME sports to basically get our guys with the best talent we possibly can, with the best agents we possibly can at the time. Um, my plan is to be able to work for, um, to be able to be an agent, but at the same time, right now we want to make sure these guys are getting the best care they can. So we're going to partner with some other um, management companies to be able to facilitate their contracts and stuff like that. Okay. So is this company started already or is this a company that's you're actually in the works that's about to start? Uh, this company, um, it's pretty much, we're off the ground now. We uh, Paperwork's done. California knows about us. We got our website. We got our Instagram page going. Um, right now we're working on merch and working with different brands that kind of start to build those relationships. But um, it is fully, it is, we're, we're running and we're working. Um, also right now we're working with USC and some other colleges um, around the area to get some interns to be able to work and kind of get some um, more education. Like, like I said, this is kind of about empowering um, the youth. So we we're working with other colleges to be able to get jobs. So they understand um, how, understand how to build a company and understand um, what it takes. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, we're okay. kind of waiting for, I don't know if you kind of know about the NIL rules. Um, that's going to be our, our, in the beginning, we're going to work with college athletes and marketing them. So we're kind of waiting for the NIL yeah. guidelines before we kind of go out and start talking about who we have, because we don't want any issues going down with that. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up later in the show, ask you a little bit about that, but I mean, we can get into it right now if you want. Um, um, yeah, I'm, so, all right. So what's the what's the California rules? Because I know each state's a little different. Oh, um, so California rules haven't um, officially been out yet. I know right now they're California is basically saying they want athletes to be able to make money from their image likeness, if that makes sense. Okay. So um, they haven't really put out. I know they put in they put out a bill that would basically kind of force colleges to be. Um, to get into position to be able to do this. And so the the, uh, the government and NCAA are working together right now to basically put out rules for college athletes. And like I said, um, with this marketing stuff, it can get very um, complicated. So I know that those rules are going to be very important. So, cause it has to be, it has to be fair at the same time. You don't want a kid on the college team making a million dollars, $2 million, and then another kid on his team making no money. And that's kind of the, the issues that they're probably having right now is that they needed to be able to where it's fair and within the guidelines. Okay. How is there a way to stop that? So like, let's say for example, the NI, the NIL rules are right now. Um, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, like if it was his past year, he'd be making a lot of money. How do you stop him from making mm -hmm. that two, $3 million compared to like, 
a backup a backup safety for Maryland? Like, how do, how do you stop that? If is that's what you're saying? I think I think it's going to come to a point where it's not going to be able to be stopped. At the same time, a guy that's mar- there's going to be guys that are very marketable, and there's going to be guys that are not marketable. But also, marketing it doesn't have to just be your town on the field. There's guys that we yeah. know of, um, like let's say Swaggy P. Swaggy P was isn't LeBron James. Yes, yes, I'm not saying his brand is as big as um, LeBron James, but. Nicky, everybody knows who Nick Young and Swaggy P is, and he's he's big and he's famous because of his brand and what he's done over the years. So at the same time, yes, your professional ability or your athletic ability can give you um, a platform to market yourself, but also you just being you and you being unique can also be a way where you could make money. So I feel like it's it's going to be a case by case situation. But um, I think that's that's what they're working on right now. And I feel like that's the hardest thing is you don't want it to get out of control where kids are making millions of dollars and maybe other other kids and other families are upset that these kids are making millions of dollars and their kids aren't doing this and maybe they're getting more attention, uh, attention than the other. So you just have to kind of be careful of what you do. But I really do feel like these athletes need to be able to um, make money for themselves. Like I said, um, I played – even in high school, I played high school football at Calabasas High School. And I remember in the summer, I would work at Coffee Bean and then I'd come to come to uh, weightlifting and then practice and we'd be doing our summer routine. And I remember it was it was so hard for me to have to go to Coffee Bean and work and uh, play football. So that was, and it was at that point in time, it was just me wanting to make money, me wanting to be able to do things that I needed money for. And so my, like my, my like I said, I came from a great, great family and a great village and so they kind of raised me that if when it's time it's time for you to get a job and it's time to work and so I had to kind of balance going to school working and playing on the football team yeah so let's look at swaggy p for example that's kind of your goal as a brand builder correct to make to show off your guy mm-hmm. your clients personalities to all these guys creating content for them that's kind of your nick young your goal tim tebow company. guys like tim yeah, guys like Tim Tebow and Nick Young are, are two guys that you can say that never really had – Tim Tebow never really had a crazy NFL career. Nick Young never really had a crazy uh, NBA career. But there are, are people in the uh, people in the industry that you know and you'll always know. You're, Tim Tebow, his brand was every time he'd go down um, in the end zone and score, he would take a knee and pray. And so, like, people saw that and saw that he was about – um, God and being a Christian and stuff like that. And that helped him um, build his brand. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, the ideas that you would have for some of these athletes. A lot of these listeners, uh, they're not huge into sports, kind of like you and I are. But let's talk about some of the ways these athletes can make this money through the name, image, and likeness rules. So, uh, like I said, I don't really know the guidelines that are going to be um, put to put in place. So I, I can't really tell you right now um, how they can, I can give you a couple different, um, couple different options of how athletes can make. I and mean, I feel like um, by endorsements and sponsorships, I feel like local, local and national companies um, that see these kids could make brands. And so we, we talk about um, all these, just like on Instagram and you see all these influencers making money um, from a, from a marketing standpoint, at the same time, you have, you have, you're going to, it's a different competition because you also have now influencers that are 
arguably as marketable as these athletes, if that makes yeah. sense. So there's like like I'm saying, there's we we talked about um, there's Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian has more followers than Kobe Bryant, Cam Noon, Odell, and the New York Yankees combined. So it's like when you are trying to market an athlete and you're trying to market a product, do you want to put it into the hands of a of an influencer or do you want to put it in the hands of an athlete? So I feel like by what you could do to leverage your your talent and your thing and your um, ability as an athlete is by doing what you do on the field and then being able to build brand awareness from organically from things that you like. And that's um, if let's say you love water, being able to work with water companies is going to be very important to you. And that's, and if people see that you love water, and you're always drinking water and that's your thing, you build a brand around your love for water. If that yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, as you talk about influencers, one uh, key person that these athletes could build around and like look after is um, Haley Cruz, Oregon softball player, and uh, Garrett Mitchell, her boyfriend, Brewer's top prospect. I mean, they're athletes and they're influencers. Um, they're missing out a lot on the NIL, NIL rules just because, I mean, of course, they can't make this money yet. And I mean, I, I don't know Haley Cruz's follower count, but her like her follower count on TikTok, Instagram, like they're huge. She's just missing out on all this money that she could be making if these rules were to come out a few years prior. A hundred percent. And I feel like a lot of things are going to, a lot of things are going to be looked at as um, uh, looked down upon because things like Reggie Bush, when he, when he was in college, yeah, he was accepting money and all those other things, but some, some of these, some of these guys like Reggie Bush got crucified for the things they're going to do. And the NCAA is going to end up doing what we always knew they should. And that's, give these kids the option. At least that's the thing. At least you just can't tell somebody they cannot make money off their name, image, and likeness. Yeah. At the same time, if, if you're going to provide a platform and make money from these guys, you need to give them a, um, an area where they can make money. Maybe not the same amount of money, but at the same time, they need to be able to make money and provide for their families and be able to do what um, – because like I said, some of these some of these players don't come from great areas like I do or come from great families like I do. So sometimes they, they need to work or they get into situations and they need money to be able to do different things. Yeah, like look at Chris Webber, for example. I mean, he left for the NBA because he saw some guys wearing his Michigan jersey with his last name on it. I mean, he wasn't making money. He wasn't making money off 100%. his name on that. I mean, maybe if these rules were intact exactly. multiple years ago, maybe the NCAA wouldn't have the problem of one and dones or players leaving after their junior year for football or baseball. Um, just I will tell you, I think, a, I think a great idea would be is to make uh, give every player um, an endorsement deal for the video game. If, if I'm a yeah. player yes. and, I'm gonna, and you guys are bringing back this game, the base, it should be, I don't know if you should have maybe the cover, the cover athlete or whatever gets a certain amount of money. And maybe that's the best player in college while that wins the Heisman. Maybe the award is, is money and the Heisman trophy and you're on the cover of this video game. But at the same time, the players that are going to be in it, the standard players, offensive alignment, defense alignment, all those players all throughout the roster should get a certain level of money for either their level on the roster, on the depth chart, or um, just being in the game, period. So they should come up with a certain amount of money that they can give each player that's fair just just for a base and that should just be one one uh lane where these athletes can be able to make a certain amount of money and i feel like um 
I feel like that's, that's kind of my job as a sports marketer to kind of figure out and look into all these different avenues and, and find and, and fight for, for what I believe is right and fight for my client. Yeah. Well, I mean, that exactly. That allows all these athletes to make just a little bit of money. And then you have these big time guys who are quarterbacks in the power five wide receivers, big time guys who will be able to make more money besides just that little, little endorsement. But um, just another way is um, autograph signings. I mean, I'll, I'll say IU basketball, for example, just because I'm from Indiana. I know Indiana basketball is huge here. Um, growing up, there was a local car dealership that would have all these IU basketball studs there for autograph signings, but it'd be after the it'd be after graduation, of course, because they couldn't make money off of it. And I mean, hopefully, at some point, once these rules get passed, they'll be able to get guys who are currently in not currently in season, but currently on the roster, getting and signing these autographs while their name's hot and while they have these bunch of these fans all over the state. Um, yeah, and that's that's one thing that we're, we work with and we're going to probably uh, we're going to do first is be able to build these athletes a website, be able to build them um, and actually get them working on multiple signatures like they're like a lot of people don't know athletes have signatures that you should have. Um, let's say you're walking to the stadium on a game day and you have a little signature that you give to a player. Um, before you walk into the tunnel, that could, that's one signature that you could be able to give. Then there's a signature, and that can be a signature that that's free that you don't really care about um, that you give to this player to make that player's day that, or make that, that kid's day. Then you have another signature that you put on um, trading cards and these signatures could go for, and this is your main, this is a, a, a very pricey signature that you can get paid 25, 30, 40, 50 bucks per signature um, um, from these companies, from companies like Panini America. And so um, I feel like those are just different, two different um, things that we're going to implement into our system of um, marketing athletes is, is letting them know that you need to have multiple signatures because this one right here, nobody's going to get this one unless they're, they're paying you top dollar, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually like, that's actually where a lot of my memorabilia comes signatures. from the sports memorabilia industry, just because growing up, that's all I did. I collected autographs for major league players, NFL, NBA, um, went, I would go to games and I, I would realize what you're saying. So like Chris Bryant, for example, his autograph from game day, if you're just waiting, if you're just waiting by the third baseline, by the dugout, his autograph that, um, like by doing that is, way different than his autograph than when you're paying 150, 175 bucks for. But exactly. Yeah. Um, at the time, like it was like, I was upset. Like I was like, man, this sucks. Why like, this isn't even worth it. But now as I realized, mm-hmm. like when I start my sports management company in four or five years, a company I kind of want to start along with it would be a sports memorabilia company just to work alongside my clients for my management company. And like, like you said, like having multiple, autographs have multiple signatures to put on these items that's a great way but um let's also talk about notre dame dropping out of the ncaa football when it comes out what are your thoughts on that um i feel like that's that's kind of that's upsetting for me because i feel like a school like notre dame um that's part of the power five um should be able to give their players that right at the same time um, if there's all these other, if these all these other schools that are going to buy in and be able to do that, I feel like why would you take that away from your players? Another platform to be able to make your players make. Yeah. Money. Well. Okay. So. Okay. So let me restate that. They said 
that Notre Dame football will not be in the, the new video game unless their players are able to make money off of it. Sorry, I didn't clarify. But they came out and said that like a week after um, EA Sports said they're coming out with a new Madden game. Or not new Madden game, but new uh, college football game. So Notre Dame came out and said their players won't be able to make any money. I mean, their players will not be in the game unless they are making money off of it. So, And I and I, I completely agree with them. Their players, they, they shouldn't. What's the point of what's the point of being able to license our players? We we pick up the game at the end of the day. We pick up the game as as kids, and now I pick up the game when I'm playing Madden. I'm playing the game to play with the players on my team. I'm not picking up the game. It's because of my love for the players and for the love of my team. I'm not playing the players that play with halfback number eight or whatever. I'm gonna make that player like my player. I'm going to give them the name of the player. They're making rosters. People make rosters with all these players' names. So like, like, I, like I said earlier, if you're not willing to play, if you're not willing to pay these players, then they shouldn't be able to be in the game. I, why, they should not be a game, period, if we're not going to pay these players. It's not fair to them, and it's not fair that EA Sports is going to make a billion dollars plus off a video game that and nobody else is getting any money. And if the video game is about them. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe Florida, like, they're ahead of every other state in the United States, right, for the NIL? Um, I don't I don't believe they're ahead of everybody else. I feel – I really believe that California was the one that started it and was the first one that set the bill. And that kind of made other states kind of hop on with it. And that also made – the NCAA see that, okay, we can't do this anymore, yeah. if that makes sense. So that kind of got the ball rolling. I'm not sure if it was Florida or California, but I do believe it was California. Okay, so, I mean, Florida must have been number two right behind them. But, I mean, yeah, if one state's going to do it, I mean, the whole United States has to because you can't have that as, like, a as a recruiting uh, tactic as, like, hey, you can come to our school because you can make money off your name, image, and likeness. likeness. And if you go to a school in another state, in a video you can't game. do that. Yeah, no, 100%. It's going to – it has to be – and I feel like that's why the NCAA is working with the um, governors now is because um, it has to be a full you, United States of America thing. It can't just be this state. It can't be this state. It's going to be the NCAA, all the divisions. It has, to, it has to be everybody. It's not – it won't be fair if it's just half the country. Uh, it has to be everybody. Yeah. So uh, let's go back into J3 Sports, um, just a marketing company right now. But some, what are some of the barriers that are stopping you from becoming a full service, a full service company? So um, I, I think some of the barriers that are stopping us is financially. Uh, number one, um, to, to run a full sports management agency, it, it takes a lot of money to be able to put these guys and, ha- and get them the best trainers and put them through the best offseason programs and offseason um, and um, pre-draft, um, pre-draft, um, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm blinking. Pre-draft combine training, um, workouts. Okay. Pre, pre-draft, pre-draft program. If that makes yeah. sense, I'm sorry about that. But um, yeah, so like I said, it, it takes a lot of money to be able to do that. And at the same time, I don't want to just start a company and say I'm a full management uh, company and I can't do what all the other companies yeah. can do. I don't have the connections all the other companies have. So at the same time, while we are a marketing uh, marketing company, we are continuing to network and make companies uh, make um, connections with these companies. And so at the same time, once we're able to build up 
the revenue to be able to um, become a full management uh, agency, we will be doing that. And that's why, like I said, right now, we're going to be working with um, other agencies to facilitate contracts and stuff like that. And I feel like another, another barrier is education. Um, I feel like one issue that the NFL um, has is that they, they um, make a requirement that you have to have a master's yeah. degree to represent Which is the only league that does And that. I believe like this was, it's the only league that does that. And I believe that, and I a hundred percent believe that it had to do with um, race. And I feel like, um, uh, if you if you didn't if you didn't notice nowadays there's a there's a few more African American agents uh, David Mogetta who's who's uh, um, who's blazing a, um, a trail for all of us African American agents here and and showing that we can do everything that our counterparts can do and so um, I think by making those education requirements it was very it's very hard for some of uh, some of the people um, like myself that come from community underprivileged communities um, to go to college to go to college for four years is is a hassle for some of our families and so to make to make us have to go to school for four years and then after that already we're already in debt then to add another 50 60 000 for a master's degree makes no sense you don't need a master's degree to do this job um and i, I firmly believe that yeah i 100 percent um, agree too like you there's you don't need a you don't need a master degree to a lot of jobs. There's so many. There's so many guys out there. Rich Paul is is another one in the NBA. Well, he didn't. He doesn't have a bachelor's didn't, degree. I'm, I'm, yeah, he doesn't even have a bachelor's degree, and that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't take. This isn't. This isn't rocket science. What we're doing, um, and at the at the end of the day, um, I feel like that's one rule that has to be abolished. And like I said, I am an athlete advocate, so that is one thing that I'm going to when I get into a position. I want to kind of kind of be able to be a part of abolishing is is that rule there should not be a rule of an education requirement to work with an agent or to work with a player um, the last thing I think that's a barrier and I feel like um, this is kind of an um, an under underlying barrier is that African-Americans don't always want to work with other African-Americans. And I feel like that's something that we need to, as a community, we need to start seeing and saying, I don't mind. I want to work with somebody that looks like me. I want to help somebody up that has, is, um, doesn't have all the um, opportunities as our counterparts might have. A lot of these counterparts that end up being agents have some type of family member or somebody that was um, in the business that helped them get to where they're at now. We don't have that because we, we never had it. So if we don't have that, that you can't, you cannot take away from, you cannot, when you continue that over years, it continues to, um, to put a crutch on our, on our generation. And so I feel like as athletes, you have to, if you find somebody who's African-American, who's smart, you should want to work with him and you should want to be able to push him further because at the end of the day, you're going to get everything you're supposed to get. If I'm black, white, uh, Mexican, whatever it is, Latino, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Asian, um, it doesn't matter. You're, if, you, if you do your work on the field, you're a great person in the community. You're going to get every endorsement deal that was ever going to come your way. It doesn't matter. The, the agent could be a, do a terrible job of being an agent. And because you're you, you're going to get those endorsement deals and those opportunities. So at the same time, you have to be able to 
um, trust that we're just as good as the other as the other side. And I feel like that's one thing that David Mogetta is doing is showing that I can have the top guys in the league and I can get my guys paid more than your guys, if that makes sense. And talk about being African-American and doing it and, and trying to help this community. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even realize that 90% of agents are are white in the NFL. And so how, how are you going to have an, a, a league where 90% of the athletes are African-American then, and then 90% of the people that, are wor- that they're working with that are handling their money are the other race? So I feel like that's one thing that really needs to be worked on um, in our league. And I feel like that's something kind of like what we're dealing with right now, and that's, and that's head coaches. And that's just – they don't – for some reason – they are not letting African-Americans have a position of power in the NFL. And I feel like that is something, it doesn't matter what you do, how great you are, how many wins um, they, they continue to uh, crutch our, crutch our community. So I feel like that's one of my biggest things is going to be what I'm going to be working, working closely with a lot of um, other agents and players is trying to get, African-Americans into this community and being able to work and thrive in this community. So uh, I'll just start off by um, you've been talking for a little bit. So I'll just kind of respond to a few different things you said. Um, Like I, I agree master's degree to become an NFL agent. I think is complete bullshit. Um, MLB requires a bachelor's degree. I mean, I kind of understand that NBA, I believe they did uh, make it a requirement for the bachelor's degree, but then um, players are backing up Richard Paul. And I think they abolished that rule now. I might be wrong. Do you do you know that answer? They did um, abolish. Okay, that's the what rule. I thought. If looking at it race wise, I feel like the job done. Athletes are going to sign with you. The way your viewpoint is different than mine, just because we grew up different places, stuff like that, with different races. But I feel like if you get 100%. the job done, I mean, yeah. I feel like players are going to sign with you. Exactly. And, I, and I, that, that's my one thing. And that's the thing that I'm more talking about is the opportunity. I feel like when we look at an African-American, for some reason, our community, um, and that, that's, that, that's what I love what's going on right now is Black-owned businesses. I'm, I'm glad that there is a, um, an emphasis on Black-owned businesses in this, in this past year, because that's one thing that we we don't that people don't understand that matters is there's a lot of companies that are huge big corporations but then there's these smaller companies that are maybe black owned that aren't doing as well and maybe people don't know and it's you you could support them too but on the other side of that the other spectrum is when when we do come to these african-american communities we need the best work done we cannot have because we are from the same community because we look at each other the same. We can't think that this is a, a homey, homey type of business. At the same time, we need to come correct, just like our other counterparts. That's that's where it has to be. And I feel like over time, that that's going to become a thing. I think David Mogetta is showing us now that um, it is very possible and that if you are doing it correctly, these these athletes will trust you. But I just hope for the future, that athletes do see that there are a lot of great um, African-Americans in the community that want these jobs, that want to be able to do this, uh, that want to be able to work with you guys and want to be able to, to um, help you and build your brand. Um, 
you guys have to give yeah. us a chance. I, I just love giving everyone an opportunity. That's what I love about cap. I'm a huge, I have a huge um, love for capitalism, the competition, giving everyone an opportunity to provide, provide great products, provide great service. Um, just giving everyone the opportunity to do their job. And if you do it well, I mean, you're going to make money. That's what makes America so great. A hundred percent. That's what makes America the, the best, the best country and the planet, the best place to be. And, and I really do believe that, um, we we should we should look at it yeah. like that so uh let's talk a little bit about um your social media i saw a little bit ago that you tweeted it said i'll be representing players in the 2022 nfl draft well i don't know if that's changed since you've kind of altered the way you want to start j3 sports but first off i just want to say i love the passion love the vision but um now that you aren't going to be able to become nfl certified by that next year's draft is that still um, in the works of being able to represent a guy marketing wise in the next year's NFL draft. So that, that tweet was manifestation. Um, I'm a firm believer um, on saying if saying it, feeling it, visualizing it, and it'll happen. Um, like I said, I'm currently not certified, but I plan to take the exam next summer. Um, my, the, like I said, there's a barrier with the master's degree, but um, like I said, I've been, I've, um, I've worked with a couple of companies now. I've, I've built a couple of companies now. This is my second company that I'm building. Um, and I hope that um, with my networking and my job experience and everything like that, um, and I've also had some letter recommendations from some agency owners and some agents that I'm able to bypass um, that master's degree. I know that the NFL has a, um, a requirement that if you have, a, um, I think it's seven years, of contract negotiation experience, stuff like that, um, and some letter recommendations that they will, uh, that you can kind of submit that stuff and they'll kind of make a decision on if you should be able to take the exam. So that's going to be my case to the um, NFLPA. And I think that I've already began, uh, have begun working with them and getting all that stuff um, prepared. So that is my plan for the next um that my, that's my plan for the next exam to be able to be able to take that. And um, by then, by next summer, being able to fully represent okay. a okay. player. In the NFL so is football draft. the only sport that you plan on working with, or do you plan on branching out? Um, I plan on representing everything from artists to artists and even models um, um, one day. Um, like I said, I want to build my, my goal is to build a global empire. Um, I want to be able to, um, build a platform for these athletes. And then I want to be able to kind of branch out and be able to work with basketball, baseball, um, NHL models, like I said, artists, music artists, um, and different things like that. So we, we want to, we want to have it all. We want to, we want to be as big as companies like CAA and WME, IMG. We want to be with these companies and we want to be able to go to bat just like these companies and looked at just like these companies. So um, that's a long-term goal of mine. But uh, we we will get there. Honestly, talking to you, I feel like you and me are very similar. I've got kind of a similar goal in mind, 40, 50-year plan. Um, I I love that. I love talking to people that have the same type of passion, same type of vision I do. Um, I feel like mine's more towards baseball more than football, and then using baseball as my platform to evolve into something bigger. But no, I just just love that for you. Love that for anybody who has that type of work ethic. Um, but you do have a partner that's in J3 Sports, correct? 
Say Bobby, that one more time. You, Sorry, you have a partner who out. works with you for, with J Three Sports, or is it just you? No, no. I actually, I have, I, okay. have, I have no partners. Um, I'm kind of spearheading this myself, and from there, I, I will be branching out and, and partnering. Right now, we're looking to partner with a digital marketing company. Um, it's called Creative, and so we're looking right now to kind of partner with them. They work with digital marketing. Um, they are a digital marketing company, and so we, we're we're trying to partner with them. But we're we're in talks to partner with them to be able to help us market our athletes and we want to be able to have all the analytics and um for our athletes so that's kind of what they'll be in charge of is um getting all the analytics from us uh, for us on social media and be able to in a flash make um content to be able to for these athletes to be able to post so that's that's something that we're working on that's a little secret um but we are we were i had a meet a couple meetings with them last week and i've been meeting with them this week um, and so we're right now we're, we're in talks to kind of partner with them and, and I, um, they've worked with people like Brandon Cooks, Calvin Pryor and some other um, NFL athletes already. They're based in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, so that's exciting. And that's some, some stuff okay. I'm looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, I saw I keep seeing you tag a guy named Connor, I believe. I just thought I just assumed he was your partner. But I guess I'll. Oh no, that, that's that's my best friend. He's actually I, I can talk a little about him too. He's actually in the we're, we're we are hoping to partner um, in the future. Like that's been my best friend um, since I was a little kid, and so um, we're we're going 15 years strong right now. And um, that's somebody in my life that um, motiv- we motivate each other, we push uh, each other. And he's right now um, working on a a um, UFC mixed martial okay. arts management okay. company and like i uh, and so i don't know if you know ufc is is getting big and uh he has talks and plans and we talk about where the ufc is going and so he wants to be able to represent um athletes athletes in that realm so one time or another there there will be some partnerships there just because we are that close i, I can't say that um we won't at one point be able to partner and and get some stuff for both of our okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, clients. So you guys both took that GSA Asian Academy Academy together, correct? Okay. So what was that experience yes. like? I know like when I do that, it was a great, it was a great uh, week class that I took, but what was that like for you? What were your thoughts? Yeah. So it was the same eight week course, Joshua. I, I love that man. He's, he's the goat. Uh, I can't say anything bad about him, all his energy and everything um, that he kind of, stood for it. I kind of saw a little bit of myself in him just because of um, kind of his motivation and things that he, he does to motivate himself on a daily basis. Um, I I really appreciated everything um, he kind of did for us. And he, he laid out a plan. Like, like I said, he was on the East coast or in, um, he's 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 in Tennessee. So we had, he's central. Okay. Yeah. So we were, we, his class was starting at I'm pretty sure eight or nine a.m. his time or eight a.m. his time. So Connor and I, or I think maybe it was seven thirty a.m. his time. So Connor and I were waking up at five thirty a.m. Um, getting ready for his course every Wednesday morning. So that's just something that, and through that, it kind of gave us a, another sense of um, a sense of um, of yeah. responsibility. Yeah. We had to be up at five. Like who who want who? Not everybody likes getting up early. And so we had to get up at 5.30 a.m. And, and get right on a Zoom and talk and kind of be able to build and talk about building brands and talk about 
marketing and, and the stuff that we love to do. That's, yeah. that's, that's why it was easy for us. But um, I really do appreciate Joshua. I know he's busy doing, he talked about having multiple jobs, talked about um, different marketing techniques. And I feel, I know that he's a very busy man. He's raising a family and trying to build a company um, all in one. So I, I always give him his roses and, and thank him for everything that he's, he's done for us. And like I said, we'll, we'll for sure be crossing paths in the future and be able to help each other out um, wherever I go. But I really do see him as one yeah, of my I mean, muses also. He motivated me. I mean, let alone just that eight weeks. We learned, I learned a ton about the NFL, which isn't the league that I want to do. But I mean, it has the same perspective, the same type of ideas as the major league as major league baseball. But another thing, another thing exactly. that um, he pointed out to our class was just like challenging yourself every day, motivating yourself, challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, he has like four jobs. But one thing that he pointed out to me, and one thing I still do to this day, is um, like it was week one. He was just talking about challenging yourself every day. He was like, make. Uh, he's like step one. He's like. Uh, take a cold shower every day. So that's what I've been doing ever since then. Like I work out late at night. Like, I mean, it's nine 30, my time right now. I'm about to go work out, probably be done at like 1130. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go take a cold shower. I mean, that's just one thing that's stuck in yeah. my mind outside and, of the agent perspective. Yeah, I know. I feel like one, a couple of things that stuck out for me from Joshua was um, just d different things. Like, like he said, getting up early in the morning, um, having, I think it was lemon water, lemon water and salt. I've been doing that for the last month and a half on a daily basis, working out in the morning, getting up, working out in the morning, um, listening to different motivational things. And it's like, even in the car, sometimes I'm in the car riding with people and people are like, why are you listening to a podcast? Why are you listening to Tony Robbins? Why are you doing this? And it's because at the same time, like you said, there's, there's different times where it's quiet. You want to kind of you want to try to manage your time so that you're not obviously all the time learning and, and are trying to uh, perfect your craft. But at the same time, you want to be able to be listening to things that are going to motivate and help you on a daily basis. And I feel like that's what sets people apart from each other is, are you doing something every single yeah, day to get yourself better? There's so many, like these days are 24 hours and half of them were sleep. So it's like in this 12 hour window, how much did you do to make yourself better? Did you get better today? Did you read a book? Did you read this? Did you study this? Did you listen to this? And I feel like those are just with weightlifting, squatting every day, pushing yourself, even though you don't want to do something, squatting every day. And that's that's one thing that I've, that's another thing that I've um, put into my routine. Every single day when I work out, I start with squats. And it's, it's, it's something that maybe you don't want to do. Maybe it's something that you don't feel comfortable doing. Maybe it's something that, you're like, I'm tired today. I don't feel like doing it, but it, that gets you into the mind, the mindset, excuse me, of doing something that you don't want to do. And yeah, just like personal evolution. I mean, not, not everyone's into that. Not everyone's mm -hmm. has that motivation to do that, but talking about motivation, I mean, you definitely mm -hmm. have a lot of passion, a lot of vision going into your career, but like what motivates you every day once you get up? Um, I think the things that, that motivate me, are my family, my friends, um, and re really my family and my friends. Um, I have a brother right now who is, like I said, is a senior at Culver Stockton College. Um, I know that he's been waiting for his opportunity for a long time to um, be looked at like, like his counterparts. 
my brother is a 6'2", 210-pound receiver that runs a 4'4". And so it's like in co- in high school, he had to move schools and didn't get – and his quarterback ended up getting injured and all their different complications went. So he never got – he had walk-ons, but he wanted to get his ed- – he, he was smart and he wanted to get his education for free. So he ended up going to an NAI, NAIA school, which isn't as glitz and glamour as a Division One school that he knew and I knew he could be at. And so I under and I and I saw that and I saw him taking that the harder route. And so that's one thing that motivates me is that like I, I get up every day and I'm in Los Angeles, California. Um, I have the world in front of me and I know that my brother gets up every morning and he's in the middle of Missouri um, in the middle of nowhere. But he's grinding. He's working. He's doing everything possible to get to where he wants to get to. And, and so that's one thing on, on a daily basis that I think about that's like somebody has it worse than you and some, and that somebody is, is in my family. And so it's like this person is grinding. And so my, that putting my family in a, in a better position is, is obviously one thing, but at the same time, be able to do something and help my brother get to where he's always wanted to be, where he knows he could be um, is amazing. And so that's another one of the things that I'm going to try to do is, um, is hopefully after this, he, he's going back for his mat because of COVID. He ended up getting another year um, to play football. So he's going to go back next year and do his master's. Um, and then, like I said, he'll have his BA and his master's paid for, for free, done. And he have played five years of football. So he'll have enough film to be able to show these scouts and stuff like that. So I'm hoping to be able um, – I know that different colleges do pro days and sometimes they let other – um, athletes from surrounding schools or smaller schools come out and work out at their pro days. And so I'm hoping to be able to um, use the relationships that I know with some of the um, coaches at USC. Um, I'm hoping to use those relationships and be able to uh, get him a tryout to be able to do a pro day with USC next year and um, get him on the map. Because like I said, Mateen Johnson, know the name, um, remember it, learn it, whatever you got to do. Um, that kid is going to be, that kid's going to be great one day. And so um, I'm just hoping that he gets his shot. And so that's kind of one thing that, that's another thing that motivates me is being able to provide um, and help my brother get that opportunity. Okay. That gets me going um, every day. NAIA, so he's playing ball right now, right? Because they moved their football season to the spring. No, so he played, they had done, they had done, they they were playing because he's in Missouri. Um, they played a couple of their games and then um, by the third or fourth game, I think I'm pretty sure the season just got canceled. Um, so he was able to redshirt and get an extra year. So that's, so he's kind of grinding, working right now. He's about to graduate. I'm going to his graduation um, in about four weeks, five weeks. He's going to have his graduation May 15th. And so he'll be coming back out here. We're going to have him working out. Um, I'm, I'm talking right now with proactive sports and, um, Exos and Mamba Sports Academy right now to kind of have him working out there this summer to get him ready for the season. Then he's going to come back, get ready, uh, work again, and hopefully he can get a pro day. So um, that's kind of, like I said, yeah. that's kind of my my motivation is wanting to see the best for him. And um, I see how much he's sacrificed um, to, he sees all of us here um, kind of living in LA, living the life of LA. And it's kind of, kind of sometimes hurts me because he misses out on a lot, but I know that it's going to be all worth it at the end. So that kind of drives me to get up every morning, even when I don't want to, because like I said, I, um, I, I live in a great place. I, I'm blessed to be able to live where I live. and I'm blessed to be able to 
be in the state with these opportunities and the city with all these opportunities. And so um, I just want to kind of be able to grind and work for him. And uh, my other motivation is the just my generation being wanting to be something for my generation and, and being somebody that people can look up to and say, oh, this kid did this stuff with maybe the clubs and parties and events like that. But now he's he's got serious and he's he's transitioned his life and he's he's more about helping and working with athletes and showing, uh, uh, like I said, showing the younger generation and, and the people and my peers that it, it's not just about like you could you could have fun with your passion and do what you want and it can be a grind. And so that that's what I do every day. Yes. There's a, this is a grind. There's a lot of work that I, I do. And sometimes there's days where I don't feel like doing as much work as I should. But at the same time, if you continue to do a little bit every day, you're going to get better. You're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to surprise yourself by what you think you can become. And, and um, right now I have in my room, I have goals written on my mirrors. I have goals written in my bath, my mirror that I look at every day. And I say, these are the things that I want for this year. These are the things that I want for the next year. And, um, just just showing this generation that there's more that to just there's more to life than just um, trying to be something you're not and trying to there's a lot of I feel like uh, going on in the world right now there's just a lot of people that want to be things that they're not or do things they're not to impress or to show or whatever try to make money if it's if it's making senseless YouTube videos or whatever it is it's you don't have to do this you could do what you love it can be fun and you could have everything that everybody else has that, that you might want. And so um, that's just kind of my message to my generation and my motivation is um, follow your goals, follow your dreams and, and get your goals down, write them down on paper and, um, and continue to look at them and continue to, to check them off the list as you go through. Because I'm telling you if, you, if you work at something every single day and you, you get better every day, there's, it, it just, it's inevitable. You're going to get to where you want yeah. to get to. Yeah, definitely. But um, let's talk a little bit about the CFL XFL. Obviously, since your uh, your goal is to become an NFL agent, there's a solid chance that you'll work with the CFL or the XFL at some point. So, um, potentially merging. Um, I, I think that's great. I think they should be able to. I think they should merge because I feel like it just offers a bigger a bigger playing field. There's there shouldn't be all these different leagues. I feel like. Um, what the NFL should be doing is just kind of like the NBA, how they kind of incorporated their G league and kind of are giving players and paying players that maybe aren't, that shouldn't go to college or they're giving them another way. And I feel like that's maybe something that the NFL should look into guys that maybe don't make it onto the NFL roster, these practice squads they have um, giving them a platform to kind of showcase their skills and make money. And at the end of the day, um, if you put money into both of those industries, um, it's going to grow. At the end of the day, it's still entertainment. People are still going to watch it. Maybe it's not going to be as big as the NFL, but it's still going to be. Um, it still can be great if you if you if you um, if you put, emphasize it and put money into it. And at the end of the day, if you put if you if you market and put money into anything in this world. Um, you can get people to watch. You look at it. There's, there's TikTokers that are starting to fight um, on all these different streaming services and apps and stuff like that. And it's like, that's just a nut. That's those, those people seeing an opportunity somewhere else and saying, 
I can make money from this because people are going to watch it. As long as you have eyes on it, you can be able to make money and you can market it. I think that's all I got for you. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, there's not really much I want to talk about. I just hope that everybody continue to look, um, look for J3 Sports. Um, get it in your head. Start to know about it. You're going to see us. We're going to be very important in the future. And I appreciate you having me on. Um, thank you, Jace, and um, everybody else that has got me to where I'm at right now. And I won't disappoint. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I really appreciate you coming on. Man, really enjoyed this episode with Justin. Another great episode in the books. Um, I feel like Justin's going to do a lot of great things, a lot of big things. He's got lots of passion, great vision. I see a lot of similarities between both of us just because we want to um, – we have big goals within the sports industry. We want to use that um, plat- as our platform to do things beyond the sports industry. But make sure to check out the second edition of the Top Prospect Series presented by SK Designs this Friday. We've got Dre Jamison. He's a Di- Arizona Diamondbacks top prospect, drafted first round 2019. He was another guy that um, was in that project that I did I p- spoke about last week. Uh, with that agent um, he's another great dude um, I would say he he's a little bit younger than Ryan so he's not as close to the majors as what Ryan Pepio is but you're definitely going to be see Dre Jamison pitching in the majors very very soon but also check out next Monday we got Lucas Deck he's gonna be talking a little bit about real estate and we also got Jeff Duzan talking about the NFL draft because the NFL draft is next Thursday and then we've got Tyler Alamo a former Chicago Cubs farm system guy was a catcher played for the Cubs for quite a while, made it up to double-A Tennessee for them. Just didn't get It just didn't work out for him to make it to the majors. He now works in a factory, so we're going to talk a little bit about that lifestyle change, talk a little bit about that. But look forward to seeing you guys next week.